This is the Timepieces History Podcast, and you're listening to a bonus episode. Bonus episodes appear at the end of each podcast season and go deeper into a topic, offering marketing advice to heritage organisations or share an interview with someone from the history world. Here's your host, Gudrun Lorette. Hello, and welcome to the second bonus episode of Season 1 of the Timepieces History Podcast. As with Tuesday's episode, this show was recorded when most of the world was in lockdown in early 2020 due to the COVID-19 crisis. However, today's tips are all about how heritage organisations can promote themselves once restrictions are lifted, whenever that might be. If you're listening to this post-lockdown, the suggestions here will definitely be useful to you, so stay tuned. In fact, everything discussed in the previous bonus episode can all be used when things are back to normal, whatever that looks like. Don't forget, show notes, useful links and episode transcripts are available on the podcast page of my website at goodjournalorette.com and I don't ask for an email address in exchange for these. Also, feel free to drop me a comment on that site or whichever platform you use to listen to your podcasts and you can also tweet me at goodjournalorette. Right, let's get going. So as I said in the introduction, all of the tips I gave you in the episode from the 28th of April can also be used as part of your general marketing strategy whenever visitors are allowed back to your site. If you haven't listened to that one already, I'll add a link to it in the show notes and I'll wait here while you get caught up. Okay, so my first tip, help people reclaim what they've missed. In the first stages of reacclimatizing to regular life and being able to go out and about and socialise, people are going to be wanting to make up for lost time. Think about what events they've missed out on and who they've missed spending time with. Rebuilding those connections are going to be really important, so you need to start thinking now about how you can help them with that and to make sure your museum, gallery or site is the one they want to come to. One big thing is that there haven't been any big family get-togethers, so anything you can offer that's suitable for different generations at the same time will definitely be appreciated. Maybe you could have a family picnic, so that grandparents can spend quality time with the children. Depending on the time of year lockdown ends, people will be desperate to be outside running around, and that's not just the little ones. Maybe you had some kind of Easter or half-term events planned. See if you can rearrange those so that the kids don't miss out an arts and crafts session, a storytelling afternoon, or even just the chance to get dressed up in period clothing will all go down well. Schools have already been closed for over a month and children have missed out on a lot of learning. If you're familiar with the curriculum, perhaps you could do something that's both entertaining and educational. Although, if you're helping them to learn about history, maybe sticking to the curriculum is not essential. The main thing is that you're teaching them something new. Number two. What can you offer to parents or other adults? On the other side, parents won't have been able to spend quality time together without the children, so what can you offer them? In Newcastle, we have the annual Late Shows, where venues across the city stay open later than usual. You could do the same and provide cheese and wine while the parents stroll through the galleries. What about sharing a ghost story or two? Most historic sites have at least one ghost floating around the place. Ask the curator or a local writer to come and do a talk one evening with nibbles and refreshments, of course. Or, is there a period drama set around the time your stately home was built, or which covers a significant event that happened in your area, or even just impacted on the people who lived and worked at your site? Check the licensing rules and arrange for a film screening. 
It can be just for adults or suitable for all the family. And what about some guided tours? Whether this is something you usually do or it could be your first time, there's nothing better than getting a passionate volunteer to talk about the history of your venue. The first time I went to Arbea, the Roman fort on South Shields, one of the staff there made a point of taking us round and explaining the restoration process. His enthusiasm was obvious and we enjoyed our visit even more. And we learnt something new. A couple of words of caution to bear in mind when you're planning. Firstly, you need to keep your visitors safe at all times, so make sure you know the latest guidelines on social distancing and the maximum numbers of visitors you can have at any one time. Find out how you can get supplies of antibacterial gel and anything else you might need to enable you to stick to hygiene rules. Okay, some suggestions for things that you might implement after restrictions are eased and that you might want to do more regularly. Of course, any of the things we've just talked about can and probably should be included as part of your ongoing marketing strategy. What about behind the scenes? Firstly, people love to see behind the scenes and you can do this in several ways. You can use a smartphone to record videos, perhaps as a shorter version of your guided tour, and put these on whichever social media platform you like. You can also upload them to YouTube and pop them onto your website quite easily. A business acquaintance recently introduced me to a really cool tool called Matterport. Now, he runs an estate agency franchise, and he explained that Matterport is a 3D piece of software that lets prospective homeowners explore properties in their own time. They can open covered doors, move from room to room, and pick up objects on the mantelpiece. This takes the idea of the Museum at Home tours that we talked about in the previous episode to completely new levels. Visitors can linger in whichever gallery they like, learn more about the artefacts and get the chance to touch them, which of course they can't do in real life. I think there's a lot of scope for using something like Matterport for your own venue, and 3D technology really is advancing rapidly. However, so far it seems that little is known about it, and I think the potential is currently overlooked. Maybe you could be a new innovator and try out Matterport yourself. Number six, live demonstrations. Are there opportunities for you to do displays or demonstrations of any sort at your site? Beamish Museum, which is not far from where I live in Gateshead, is sometimes described as a living museum. On part of their site, they've set up an entire town that recreates life at the start of the 20th century in the northeast of England. During the school holidays, they have all kinds of events and staff dress up in period clothing. Their website alone mentions the chance to drive a carriage, make homemade sweets, bake bread, or you can just pop into the Sun Inn for a pint of beer. The Sun Inn is an actual real pub that's been rebuilt within Beamish, and my great-grandparents were particularly big fans of visiting, although as they let women in, that's not entirely in keeping with turn-of-the-century watering holes. Number seven, reenactment societies. Following on from the idea of live demonstrations, what about getting in touch with your local reenactment society, if you haven't already? Some groups focus on a specific period in time, and others are more generalist, covering the ancient world, the Middle Ages, First World War, or whatever they feel like. Enthusiastic reenactors will have their own kit, and they pride themselves on being as authentic as possible, so if you invite them to your venue, you can be sure that they'll provide an experience that's as close to the real thing as you can get without a time machine. What about connecting with schools? If you don't already have links with the local schools or universities, I'd highly recommend it. Speak to the head or the history department and invite a group of students to visit. When I was at Bosworth Field last autumn, there was an excited group of kids being shown around the battle site. You may also be able to send a curator or education liaison to speak to an assembly or a seminar session. Similarly, your local history society would be delighted to have someone give a talk to its members 
or for them to be invited along for an event or even to host an event jointly with you. The local history societies are likely to have all kinds of stories they've collected from residents of the area that maybe you're not familiar with. They might even have some heirlooms or memorabilia that they'd be happy to lend to you to put on display. Sometimes they choose to study a piece of contemporary literature to explore, such as Jane Austen, so see if you can link that into your venue somehow. Next, have a party or celebrate a milestone. If you spend any time at all on social media, or talking to friends and family, you've probably lost count of the number of times that someone has said, when this is all over, we'll have to have a party, a barbecue, a night out, or even just a night in with a big group of friends. As humans, we're naturally social creatures, and one of the biggest challenges of lockdown is the lack of that in-person interaction. The BBC published an article about the importance of hugging just last week. If you've got a hall, a big conference room or space in the grounds, there's nothing wrong with just opening that up to people to be able to get together and relax. You can provide the catering yourself or encourage guests to bring their own food and drink. If you've built up good relationships with the local community groups, they'll be delighted to get involved. And you can make it history related too if you like. Hold a Victorian picnic, an Edwardian village fair, serve traditional regional food, or arrange for a band to play local sea shanties, folk music, or even as they do in Brittany, Celtic rock. If your site is having a centenary or bicentenary, make some cakes and celebrate that birthday. Final thought is to always repurpose your content. Content repurposing is good advice for all businesses. If you're already creating content, you should also be looking at ways to reuse it and get it in front of new audiences. But what does that actually mean? Well, content is anything you produce that tells people about your business, or in this case, your heritage site. It includes brochures and exhibition displays, blogs, articles published in the local paper, interviews given on the radio, or a podcast or video. It could be things that are published offline or online. So repurposing is taking the content from one form and putting it into another. A series of blogs can be transformed into a booklet that people can pick up from the entrance to your site or purchase from the gift shop. A talk from a curator could be recorded and shared on your website or a guided tour could be recorded on video and added to YouTube. Repurposing allows you to make the most of all of your marketing assets without having to create new things every time. You can share them on your website around the museum or across social media and people can also share them for you and believe me they'll be more than happy to do that. What this means is that more people will see that repurposed information and they'll probably be different from those who saw it the first time round. If they like it they'll want to come and visit you. That's all for today I hope you've enjoyed this bonus episode. It is aimed specifically at heritage organisations but much of it can be used by any business in any industry and at any time not just during and after lockdown. Let me know if you've got any questions and please come back on Tuesday the 12th of May for the start of season two. We'll be exploring the northeast of England, which is where I grew up, and I've got some really exciting things to share with you. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Time Pieces History Podcast. Don't forget to listen next time for more quick history facts.